And here we are on Thursday on the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here reminding you, you can also hear what I'm up to in the Dark to Light podcast with Tracy Beans. Available wherever you get your podcasts. So either here at the Pure Opelka podcast or at Dark to Light with Tracy Beans. I'm going to be doing a fresh one today and a fresh one tomorrow. And Tracy and I will reunite on Monday. But I might do a bonus one there, too, because there's so much going on, so many things we need to talk about. Before we get into today's craziness, let's look at history. 1903, on this day back in the day, President Teddy Roosevelt's trip to San Francisco was actually captured on film. And it was either the first or one of the first presidential trips to actually get recorded on film. You have to think. We're so spoiled by smartphones and the ability to record everything in our life, even though not everything in our life needs to be recorded. But back then, you had to have a camera crew. And the weather would wreak havoc on the film, too. So it wasn't exactly easy. On this day in 1932, a sad, sad anniversary. This was the day the kidnapped Lindbergh baby was found dead. What a horrible, horrible situation. Bruno Hopman, the man who was uh, ultimately caught and convicted in that tragedy. On this day in 1935, Bill W., along with a stockbroker and a doctor, all in Akron, Ohio, formed something called Alcoholics Anonymous. This organization has saved millions of lives and families. I am uh, I'm a guy who drinks. I don't have a problem drinking, but many people do. And I know without AA, they would not be with us. So um, happy anniversary, AA. And thanks to Bill W. and the stockbroker and the doctor in Akron who came up with the 12-step program. And all my friends who are celebrating anniversaries every year, congrats. I'm proud of you. In 1949, on this date, the USSR ended its blockade of Berlin, and there were a couple million people who were very relieved. On this date in 1963, Bob Dylan walked out on the Ed Sullivan Show because he didn't want to change his lyrics. Bob Dylan started a rebel. Seems like he's kind of ending in a rebellious manner, too, even though he just sold his catalog for several hundred million dollars. Good for you, Bob Dylan. Good for you. And it was a year ago, a year ago today, that um, the outgoing press secretary, Jen Snarky, she's leaving tomorrow. A year ago today, Jen Snarky talked about inflation. And she talked about it this way. I will say, as we've said in here before, but we'll reiterate that, of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously uh, as you know, actions that have been taken to date or proposals that have been made. Uh, most economic analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. So temporary or transitory. Now, flash forward a year later and we've seen inflation on the rise, 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 rise. This administration was handed a a um, very low inflation rate and recovering employment rate after the pandemic was kind of slowing down. So Jen Snarky a year ago saying it's transitory. It's not going to be a problem. Also a year ago this week, the Treasury Secretary said something about inflation. 
I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Well, you got that one wrong. Yeah, we're in an inflationary cycle. We might be in a recessionary cycle as well. We saw an 11% rise in the supply chain prices. So consumers are paying 8 to 8.3% more. I think it's a lot more. But the people who make the stuff are paying 11% more. And that means the inflation cycle is going to continue. It's going to keep going up. This administration just can't find a way to stop spending, which is the first way you stop the inflation. That's, that's the first big way. But Joe Biden can't think that that's, uh, that's the answer. He can't. Maybe I should have just stopped by saying Joe Biden can't think. Yesterday, Joe Biden was in, in Chicago. He went to a farm yesterday, too. But uh, he ended up in Chicago at the end of the, of the day speaking to a large group. And I don't know who told him to do this, but it was really kind of weird and uncomfortable when he came out on stage and said, anybody from Delaware? Well, you hear it yourself. This was bizarre. Is Delaware in the house? Anybody from Delaware? Holler loudly, man, because I want to see you after this is over. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to see them after? You're in Chicago. I mentioned earlier that uh, Joe handed an economy with uh, a lot lower gas prices, a lot lower inflation, but he seems to think he can just say anything and people will believe him, which isn't really true. We have an economy on the brink of a great depression. Many people lose their jobs and their homes, but even more Um, That's not true. That isn't even close to being true. It hasn't even gotten in the same zip code as the truth. Millions of people losing their jobs and their homes. Uh, we were seeing job growth continue as people were finally being set free from the pandemic lockdowns. But that didn't stop Joe from screaming about stuff and talking about food shortages. This was really bizarre. Remember the long lines Oh, the MAGA crowd. Here comes the MAGA crowd. Forget it. Forget it. Wait a minute. What, what does that even mean? What did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget. No, no. We all know we had a tough time in the early days of the pandemic when the government shut down and had people stay home from work and made it tough for some folks. And thank God a lot of people stepped up and created food banks and distributed food to people in need. And it didn't come from the government. It came from groups within cities because that's what we do. We rely on each other, not the government. But continue yelling. That you are dividing. You know what else is unbelievable? That your administration has known about the problem with baby formula since November. 
and you didn't send the FDA or anyone into the operation that was having trouble until the early part of this year, January, February. And now we are in May and baby food is hard to find. And there's also baby food overseas that's in abundant supply. Why aren't you doing an operation pick up baby food to emergency load baby food onto planes and get it here? It doesn't make any sense. He was screaming about the boxes of foods. It, it really was bizarro. And then he started talking about the price of gas, which we all know has been increased predominantly by Joe's policies. And they just said they're not going to they're not going to allow new drilling leases in the Gulf and Alaska and several other places. Uh, it's not like we don't need the fuel, do we? No, you're tapping into our our strategic petroleum supplies and gasoline is still at record levels. Diesel still at record levels. But Joe seems to think that he remembers the time when the price of gasoline was doing a similar thing. And he's going to try and make it like it's a uh, relatable topic. From a family, and I mean this sincerely like most of you, where the price of gasoline went up significantly, the price of food went up. That's what we talked about at the dinner table and the kitchen table. It meant a lot. We felt it. We felt it. I understand. No, no, you don't, because anybody who um, understands the price of gas and looks back at your life as a young man, as a child, knows that the price of gas was basically flat. So it didn't go up. So you're just making this whole thing up. You're making it all up, which is really bizarre. Uh, and then he's still stuck on this absolutely strange idea, this lie that the GOP wants to raise taxes. I believe in bipartisanship. Right now, the majority of our Republican friends just see things differently. They don't want to solve inflation by lowering the cost. They want to solve it by raising taxes and lowering your income. That's not true. One senator, junior senator from Florida, put together a plan that would have a tax increase in order to lower our deficit and our debt and slow down inflation. It, it was immediately tabled, told uh, by the uh, minority leader, Senate minority leader, that we're not going to do this. Mitch McConnell said, I'm sticking this in my pocket where it's going to live. But Joe Biden keeps telling this lie. Now, you think I'm making this up. If, you if I didn't see the actual document... I think you're, I was making it up. I have to think it's good. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're lying, sir. That's all a fabrication. A complete fabrication. And you know it, and you should be ashamed that you're pushing this. It is offensive on every level. So here we are. Here we are into the second year of the Biden presidency. We have record inflation or near record inflation, which the left side of the mainstream media is trying to say, well, inflation is taking a breather. No, it's not. It's still there. It went from 8.5% to 8.3%. That's just a couple of pennies. But inflation is not going down. As a matter of fact, it's hitting new highs in certain areas that are really affecting people's lives 
It it is spiking in very specific areas. After all of the times we've been spending lockdown, not vacationing anywhere, airline fares are up almost 20% between March and April of this year, just in that last month. And they're going to go up again, 33% over the past year. Airline, eggs, eggs keep rising. The uh, Midwest Egg Regional Report from the USDA said that most carton of eggs Average 258. Earlier this year, in some parts of the country, the prices went up over three bucks. That's 22% higher than last year. Butter and margarine up again, 20% in the last 12 months. Chicken, chicken, which rose again last month, over 16% higher than a year ago. And clothing keeps rising. Men's suits, sport coats, outerwear, price increases spiked in just the last month, 6%. 21% over the last year. It is noticeable by everyone who's out in the economy. This administration is tone deaf. Absolutely tone deaf. And the way to solve the problem is to stop doing what this administration wants to do, and that is spend, spend, spend spend. Just awful. I did hear a story today that the um, the GOP has a way that they believe they can shut down the Biden administration's campaign to allow this disinformation czar to reign over social media. I hope that happens. That'll at least slow down some of the insanity. Oh, yesterday, uh, Joe Biden announced that uh, Donald Trump was the MAGA king. The MAGA king, he called him. I love the way that this this party is allowing this president to come up with all these bad ideas and no one has the courage to say, sir, um, that's not going to work. Call Donald Trump a name like MAGA king and he's going to eventually wear a crown. And Donald Trump immediately, well, pretty soon, not, not quite immediately, but almost immediately posted a meme of himself with a Game of Thrones-like image. It's fantastic. It's out there. I retweeted it earlier. You can see it. So MAGA King is going to fail like Putin's price hike, and it's going to offend people like you did, Joe Biden, when you called people ultra MAGA. And I think we actually should just adopt it. These guys don't get it. It's like George Costanza on Seinfeld when uh, they were talking about the jerk store called and they ran out of you and that guy insulted him and George tried to insult back and he failed miserably. That's Joe Biden. That's absolutely Joe Biden. A couple of other things, the Dems failed miserably when their attempt to codify Roe v. Wade and abortion into a federal law. We knew it was going to fail. It was not intended to pass. The whole thing was a setup to make campaign commercials for Democrats to try and save something in the midterm elections. They won't. There was a protest outside the home of Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, last night in her neighborhood. It was seven people in those handmade tail outfits, one of which was a man. So there were six women and one guy in these handmaid's tail outfits just walking up and down the street. They walked for, I think, 30 minutes, and then they got in their cars and left. So after two days of posting the address and telling people, we're going to protest, 
you got seven people to show up. This should really be a warning to the Democrats that their idea to separate us on this issue is not going to work. The Supreme Court's going to meet together today for the first time since the leak. I wonder if they're going to talk about putting out the decision. I don't think they should be moved by any any crazy mob that's marching outside of people's homes or outside the Supreme Court. I think they should go on their own timetable and do it as they see fit on their schedule. Get it done. Uh, before we get off Joe Biden, there was a, uh, a great clip from Senator John Kennedy after the last week. He's been looking at all the Biden administration moves, and he had this to say. The truth is that the Biden administration just keeps kicking its own ass. That's pretty true. That's pretty true. But Jen Snarky told us the truth. I think the president said today that he's president. That's about it, right? The president said today that he's the president. There are some other crazy stories that we should talk about, like The View, Joy Behar on The View, the ironically named Joy Behar, wants limits on the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Could you be any more aligned with communism and socialism it's all about the First and Second Amendment. If you don't have those, and they should not have limits, you don't have a country. You don't have freedom. They don't understand it. And then it was 30 years ago this year, 30 years ago this year, I can tell you where I was. I was working on a radio station in New York City called Z100. 30 years ago this year, Madonna came out with a book just called Sex. And it was a uh, bunch of photos that made her a bunch of money and of people in, in scantily clad people in, in sexy poses. And the sex book 30 years ago. Well, we learned yesterday that Madonna spent the last year launching a new product, which is, I guess, meant to honor the 30-year anniversary of sex. Who knows? She's selling now NFTs, non-fungible tokens of herself in various poses naked and she talked about it yesterday because there are also some 3d images available with some kind of disturbing topics the opening of each video is essentially me giving birth whether i'm sitting on a tank in a post-apocalyptic city or i'm in a hospital bed in a very sterile laboratory environment okay. are they completely weirded out by it how often that robot centipede crawls out of my vagina? A robot. Yes, isn't that exciting? Crawling out of Madonna's vajayjay. I, I, I don't even know where to go. I've lost my ability to even, as all of our millennial friends say. I'll tell you what, let's get Dr. Royzen in here. Uh, Madonna's not the person I want to talk to about clinical issues. I want to talk to our buddy Dr. Michael Royzen and get some health updates. And he told me he's got a really important topic he wants to deal with as it relates to COVID and people with long COVID. Mike Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic next on the Pure Opelka podcast. He's here and I'm very excited about it. Our, our buddy, Dr. Michael Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic, also author of many books, including the soon to be released Great Age Reboot, 
cracking the longevity code for a younger tomorrow coming out uh, September 13th. You should pre-order it today. Dr. Royzen, I'm really happy you're here. I'm in a silly, stupid mood, but uh, I also want to be healthier and better uh, about my health, so I'm happy you're here, my friend. I'm happy to be here. Um, I care about your health, and uh, you're hole-in-one. Hasn't happened yet. We had rain. It rained like a – I'm going to use an old Texas expression from my days in Texas. This weekend, it rained like a cow peeing on a flat rock. It was just coming <laughs> – it was just endless. Endless, I tell you. And so uh, the honeydew list got attended to. I did a lot of the uh, projects inside the house that my wife – Well, that was good. Yeah, well, for somebody. But, yeah, and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'll, I hope to get out and play this weekend and uh, and, and chase that hole in one. Hopefully, hopefully. I think the uh, withdrawal will help me focus more on my shots. You know, sometimes if you just do it mentally in your head, like those guys who were locked up during the war and they said they played a round of golf mentally in their head every day. And then when they were released from the POW camps, they actually came out and played decent golf. And I just think the mind is incredible, just incredible. All right, Doc, enough of my ranting. Let's talk about some of this great, really fascinating research you sent me. Um, number one number one on my list is number seven on yours. Is caffeine bad for kids? Um, well, this was an article um, published by Dr. Kim, um, who's a scientist in the field, and said um, that, in this study, they found that 73% of American kids aged 2 to 11 consume caffeine on a daily basis, most coming from soda, and that coffee and energy drinks, which have a lot more caffeine in it, can cause real harm. So they said, uh, don't, don't do excess caffeine, don't do coffee, don't do energy drinks don't do anything with higher caffeine levels if you want to do a soft drink limit the size of it because it can disrupt sleep it can be associated with mental health condi conditions it's often paired with sugar as in soft drinks and that can cause obesity and other problems so they said uh, if you can avoid it avoid it it's not as good as urine my coffee. Well, I was going to bring that up as a follow-up question because we often talk on our segments about how caffeine is good. And I'm wondering, is there an age threshold at which you cross that caffeine starts being beneficial? Um, well, the, it, it seems like reasonable amounts of coffee above the age of 30 are definitely good. Mm -hmm. reasonable meaning up to six cups a day spaced out as long as you don't get headaches, gastric upset, anxiety, or, or abnormal heartbeats. Um, my guess is it probably relates to sometime in above the age of 18. It's fine, but I don't know that I've seen data on that. Okay, because I know, you know, every college kid who's preparing for finals this week is probably hammering the coffee and when we were in college uh, a billion years ago, they used to have pretty much pure caffeine pills called no-dose. Yep, and, uh, I was going to say no-dose is what we used in my, <laughs> in my era. 
And there were, I just remember my stomach going, oh, don't do that again. No, don't, please, please, not not one of those. Take a nap, damn it. And I didn't. Oh, oh yeah. God. I know, I know, I know. Um, well, while we're talking about uh, taking a nap, it seems like we talk about sleep every week. This week, the New York Post had a story about a sleep coach. And first of all, we live in the greatest country on the world where somebody can be a coach <laughs> somebody gets paid to tell you how to sleep better but um science in number 12 here says they have nailed down the ideal amount of sleep in middle and old age first of all what's right. middle age and how much sleep so this was done in the united kingdom it was from 500,000 people in the uk biobank so in the united kingdom because they have medical, electronic medical records on everyone. And they also have people who volunteered um, by donating uh, blood samples, which they do um, a number of tests, meaning it's seven tubes of blood. So it's a, a full set of tests. And what they found in analyzing, and they call middle age 38 to 73. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, that the ideal amount for brain long-term functioning, so this was long-term functioning of brain uh, based on uh, the, um, if you will, the biobank, the data on inflammation and other things, it was seven hours. Um, and it did vary a little bit around seven hours, but seven hours um, was the best mental health and the best medical functioning um, and the least inflammation. Hmm. So that's why they uh, I, I came to seven hours, and it was a large study. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, every sleep researcher in the world has said, well, they're variations. Don't believe that data. But in any case, the data came up with seven hours is what you want between 38 and 73. So that's the target, people, seven hours. See if you can get that seven. I, I've, I've nudged it up to about six and a half, Doc, and I'm pretty regularly getting that six and a half in one block. Plus, I've, I've limited my daytime naps to 20 to 40 minutes max. Now, that's a good, now that's a good amount. That's okay. a perfect amount. All right, because it's... I, you you kind of scared me talking about what happens to the brain if you don't get enough sleep and what happens if you do too much napping. So I'm really working on it. It seems to be helping. I don't know. Good. At least my wife says I'm not as grumpy. And I, I don't know which, uh, which one of the other dwarves I would be if I wasn't grumpy. I will find out. Um, number 14 caught my eye because the U.S. government is looking at eliminating or making menthol cigarettes illegal. And your your note here says 1.3 million smokers may quit if a ban on menthol cigarettes happens. And I'm wondering if menthol is bad, aren't all cigarettes bad? If you're going to ban one, why don't they just go ahead and ban them all? Well, they can ban flavored. Tobacco is, in fact, uh, whatever you call it, uh, um, grandfathered in. But the flavored tobacco is not grandfathered in. Mm. And I think it was uh, about eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago, they banned all flavored cigarettes except menthol because of a push um, by the big tobacco to keep menthol. And in fact, um, 
some of the people who were paid by big tobacco, like Reverend Al Sharpton, um, kept pushing on the to not ban menthol, since menthol is a large component of the people in the minority community in the um, African-American community who smoke, 85% of them smoke menthol cigarettes. Hmm. So, so he came out with the phrase and he repeated it just last week. If uh, menthol cigarettes are outlawed, only outlaws will have menthol cigarettes. <laughs> Trading <laughs> Which, off the old and, gun And of course, gun he line. is on the take uh, from yeah. big tobacco. Not that that's causing him to say this, but in fact, the, the problem from my standpoint and the real reason to ban menthol is 85% of the people who start smoking in all communities start with menthol or flavored cigarettes that are menthol flavored now. So it's kind of a so, gate, gateway tobacco. It's a gateway to tobacco because hmm. it apparently is more mild than regular tobacco. Um, my own feeling is uh, that we ought to uh, not. I'm, I'm hoping that Biden doesn't listen to Al the Reverend on this. Uh, I, this is an interesting one. I guess the money, the tax money from tobacco is just so massive that we will have to chip away at making tobacco uh, something that is is uh, eventually banned because no no no, no. you got to no. understand yeah do you know what the cost of to how much cigarettes would have to cost to account for the medical illness cost of tobacco i'm thinking probably 2 or 3 cents a cigarette no i'm kidding you the, i mean the, the cost <laughs> is 17 times the current taxes wow so if you say that they're charging 10 bucks a pack, it's actually they'd have to charge $170 a pack to account for the medical costs of tobacco. And I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'd be fine with that if they did that. But I have a bunch of friends who still smoke, and I, I don't understand it. You know, we look at the lung disease, the heart disease, all the problems, the people that uh, they're, they're – the, the teeth, the stains, everything. It's just so many problems with smoking, and it just tells you that how powerful the addiction to nicotine must be. And, and vaping, Doc, this, this dovetails nicely into number 15 because a lot of people are saying, well, I'll just vape, but people never seem to quit completely. They, they combine, and that combination isn't really helping, is it? Uh, vaping plus cigarettes in the people who've done it um, is causing as much disease as smoking alone. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, that's, I, I just wish people could get real help to quit smoking. Uh, one more here, Doc, before we get out here, so much good stuff this week. I want to get to this one about COVID because. Yeah, it's my favorite story and you finally came to it. Well, I was saving it. You know, it's like I, I went through all the appetizers <laughs> and now here comes <laughs> Here comes the dessert. The well, main this dish. is unfortunately long COVID. Mm -hmm. So is it, you know, if you will, 33% of people who were hospitalized with COVID and about 10% of everyone else is developing, um, if you will, some mental less than sharpness, less quality than they were. And what they found is that the people who develop 
uh, long COVID or have long symptoms after a COVID-19 infection. And this is with the Delta. It hasn't been studied with the Omicron because enough time hasn't passed with it. But who had the Delta and the Alpha and Beta varieties before that, the Delta was July, if you will, um, they have lost an average of 10 IQ points, which is the same as you'd lose going two decades. You lose about five IQ points a decade if you don't do anything about it. So the point is, what can you do about it? It is managed stress. It is eat a Mediterranean, no processed red meat, no red meat, um, extra virgin olive oil, high in nuts, high in fish diet. Um, it is uh, do physical activity because that releases a, you turn on a gene that increases your uh, potent, your brain power. And the uh, fourth thing is um, do speed of processing games. So, and as we always say, uh, blueberries, extra virgin olive oil, coffee are all good things to have. If you've got long COVID, you can deal with it and you can kind of work against losing the brain power by exercising, eating better. And what were the other two, Doc? Mediterranean diet, I know, but that's how I folded that into eating better. Managing stress. Yes, that was a key one. Managing stress. Try not to stress yourself out. That's really important. Very and, important. Uh, of course, I said doing speed of processing That's games, it. eating healthier, and doing physical activity. And then of the foods, it's extra virgin olive oil, coffee, and blueberries that are best for your brain. His name is Dr. Michael Roizen. We're very excited. We're getting closer and closer to the release of the new book, The Great Age Reboot. You can you order yours now. Don't, don't wait. Don't sleep on this. It'll show up on your doorstep on the release date, September 13th. And we're going to be talking about it leading up to then. Doctor, thank you, my friend. Thank you. 